Parsons, you're listening to No Names All Game. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of No Names All Game. Today is August 31st by the time you're listening, which means we are one day away from Penn State football. We have waited 242 days since that shitty loss in the Outback Bowl, but we are back. We are ready. We are here. We're going to dominate. My name is Chris Hankin, joined as always by my co-host, Pat Calicchio. Pat, Penn State football, how are you feeling? Oh, Chris, I'm so excited. I can't wait. This is, feels like my whole life has been building up to this. It's uh, it's like, uh, it's Christmas Eve right now for uh, for most of us football fans. You know, we okay. had week zero. We had week zero, some entertaining games. Um, <laughs> lost a lot of money already, you know, in, in mid-season form. Uh, but this is really the beginning of week one. Penn State on a Thursday night, heading to West Lafayette on the national stage. The only game Thursday night, I think the only game, if, if it's not, it's the only one that matters. Uh, and all eyes will be on Penn State. So uh, we are taking on the Purdue Boilermakers. How do you feel? We'll get into specifics, but how do you feel about this matchup generally before we get into some of our topics here? Um, I mean, I think what I and probably most Penn State fans feel like is this is a dangerous Purdue team uh, who has beaten good teams in the past. But Penn State is going to be putting more talent out on the field than Purdue's. Bottom line, they should win the game. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. This is one that, you know, everyone is talking about. Upset alert, upset alert. Purdue's going to upset. I I just don't see it personally. Um, so if we look at some of the numbers uh, right now, the spread is Penn State minus three, minus three and a half, depending on what book you're looking at. Uh, the over-under is at 54. So they're expecting a little bit of a high-scoring game and a close one. Uh, you know, minus three on, on the road, obviously, still a favorite. Um, you know, you take some of that into account, but – Minus three is a little closer than I expected. I, I I would have had this line at like minus six and a half easily. Yeah, I mean, listen, Purdue's been tricky at at home. They beat Ohio State at home last year, right? Uh, two years ago, I think. Two years ago, okay. You know, I I think the uh, the calculation, the the general calculation is like three and a half points for home field advantage in college football. Yep. So, you know, I and Penn State's very much an unproven commodity. I don't. What now, would I hammer that line if I was in Vegas? You better believe I would. But I don't yeah. think it's crazy <laughs> that that's what they put it at. Oh, I've been logging into my DraftKings account constantly, just toying with the deposit number. Like, how big should I go? Should I be ridiculous? Yeah. Am I hammer doing 50? It. Am I doing 100? Am I going 200? Am I getting crazy? Can I afford to eat this week? Like, I just it's going to be a game time decision. But um, like you said, Purdue is a little sneaky. Uh, nine and four last season. They had a really good year. Uh, Better team than Penn fourth. State last season. Yeah, they finished fourth in the Big Ten West. Uh, I looked at it just because it was a weird Big Ten West. You had Iowa at 10 and four, Minnesota nine and four, Wisconsin nine and four. Um, so Purdue finished just fourth there because of their uh, conference record. But they had notable wins. They beat Iowa when Iowa was the number two team in the country. They beat I Michigan State. They beat Michigan State when Michigan State was number three in the country. Um, obviously, those rankings change throughout the year, and it doesn't always represent what the team finishes as, but. Beating two five top five teams in a year is impressive, kind of no matter how you slice it. And then they went and had a huge overtime win over Tennessee in the Music City Bowl. Uh, Aiden O'Connell threw for like 500 yards, had five touchdowns. They finished their season on a high, very much the opposite of how we finished ours. Yeah. So you look at the season over-unders for, for win totals. Uh, Penn State is at eight and a half. Purdue's at seven and a half. 
Um, the juice is on the under there. Uh, you, you know, they're, they're expecting it to go under, but Vegas looks at these teams as not all that dissimilar. You've got two teams kind of in the same world of win totals, a three and a half point favorite on the road. Um, it, 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 they're, they're expecting a close game. I don't know if I am, but that's what they're expecting. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's going to be, I wouldn't predict a blowout uh, because, you know, I think Purdue's got a good quarterback. Um, they've got home field advantage. They're a well-coached team. You know, Brahm's a good coach. He's a good offensive coach. Uh, but I do think just talent wise, they've, I think it's impossible to look at this roster and think they haven't taken a step back from last year. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get into some of their, their players and their stats and whatnot. We won't dive too much into individual stats on, on the Penn state side. We just did an offensive and defensive preview. If you want to check those out, you'll hear more in depth. Um, but we'll get into our categories a little bit later. Here is uh, what to watch for. Uh, don't be surprised if, and a key to victory before we make our final predictions. Um, but before we get to that, let's just look at, at Purdue as a team. Uh, the focal point here is quarterback Aiden O'Connell. Um, he's been there forever, similar to Sean Clifford. I think he's a four-year starter, maybe three-year starter. Um, last year threw for 3,700 yards at a 71.6% completion record, which is just insane. I think Franklin mentioned it's a school record in his press conference. Um, you're completing 72% of your passes. That's impressive. Uh, he did 28 touchdowns to 11 interceptions and was sacked 18 times. Uh, this is the guy that we're going to have to watch out for. Yeah, he's a good, I don't think he's like a game breaking quarterback, but he's a good college football quarterback. And what's even more dangerous is he's good deep. I think he actually led the Big Ten in uh, completions over 20 yards last season, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, that, that is a conference that includes C.J. Stroud, Heisman Hopeful, you know? Yeah. So this kid can throw the ball. Um, he is a bit of a gunslinger. You know, he, not, his touchdown-interception ratio is good, but 11 interceptions is not few. Sure. You know, it's almost one every game. Um, if you pressure him if, and if you have an elite defensive backfield, like I believe we do, you can create turnovers with him. He will throw the ball when, you know, maybe be a more conservative quarterback wouldn't. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, it's a quarterback that you have to respect, uh, some of the negatives or some of the, the hindrances, things that, you know, won't kill us. Uh, number one is he's not a scrambler. He's not a guy that's going to beat you with his legs. Um, that was something uh, I heard, I think on the 24 seven podcast, uh, they had a Purdue guy talking about how that's one thing he was hoping to improve this year is being able to escape the pocket and, and extend plays a little bit with his legs. Um, like I said, sacked 18 times. Some of those are, are for him hanging around a little too long in the pocket. But I think the biggest story uh, really about Aiden O'Connell and this whole Purdue team is that he loses his top three wide receivers from last year. Um, that is a massive amount of production to replace, and it's not something easy to do. Uh, you lose David Bell, who is an NFL pick. I want to say round three, round four, maybe. I think he was a mid-round guy. I, I should have looked that up. But he was a very good wide receiver. He was, he was one of the better receivers in the country last year. Uh, had 1,200-something yards. Uh, you lose Milton Wright, who is supposed to be your returning top receiver. He was deemed academically ineligible at the beginning of the season and is no longer with the team. Huge blow. Uh, and then you lose Jackson Anthrop, who was your number three option, not a game breaker, uh, but did go to the NFL as an undrafted free agent. Between the three of them, 203 catches, 2,500, almost 2,600 yards, and 18 touchdowns. 
that was damn near 70% of Aiden O'Connell's yards between those three guys. That's a lot. Yeah. That's also like half his completions. No, Probably more, more actually. Yeah. That's about, that's about half his attempts actually. Yeah. Catches. Yeah. Like I said, 2,588 yards. That is 69.7% of his total yards. 18 touchdowns out of 28. That's probably right around 65%. I'm not doing the math right now. That's a lot of production. So do they have talent? I'm sure. They have a tight end. I forget his name, but he's coming back. Uh, he was their top tight end last year. He He's a guy who can get you touchdowns. Um, Payne Durham. That's the one. Um, great name, by the way. Great name. Great Payne name. Durham, he, especially for a He tight comes end. back. I'm sure they have some young receivers that are ready to take over and, and, and step into the limelight. But like I said, losing three of your top guys with that much production, that's a big change and a lot to get used to, especially for a week one. Do they figure it out by midseason? Maybe. But week one, this is your first time putting that offense out against a real defense. There are going to be some kinks. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, you know, they're a solid program with a good coach. I don't think they're throwing out bums, you know, to replace their top three wide receivers, but you look at traditionally Purdue is not the type of program that can lose a top three guys and especially one of them unexpectedly, and then just replace them with, you know, guys who will compete to be all conference. Exactly. Exactly. Like I said, this is, this is a, an offense that wasn't afraid to air it out last year. They scored 29 points a game, put up 355 passing yards a game uh, and, and almost uh, 11 and a half yards per completion. Uh, they, they were a passing team. They did not run the ball very well. They somehow had a worse rushing statistic yeah. than we did. Uh, they ran last year at a 84 yards per game clip at a 2.8 yards per rush. Not very good. No, and the thing is they didn't have to depend on it last year, but I'm not sure they're going to be able to get away with not being able to run the ball well. Yeah, so they do return their top running back, King Doru, another great name. Uh, last year had a great running back, though. No, 135 carries for 533 yards, only two touchdowns. So um, he, he went a bit above that average of 2.8 for the team. Um, but, but like I said, they're just, they're not a ground and pound team. At least they weren't last year. And I don't expect them to be, uh, this year. I expect them to come out trying to throw the ball against us and test what we believe is a really good secondary. Yeah. And he's, um, you know, he's not a massive passing threat. He had 20 receptions last year, but you know, he's, you know, you get a running back gets roughly two catches a game. He's not the guy you're going to be focusing on, but he's, you know, he, he's a part of that passing offense. Yeah. It's something for sure. Um, anything else in their offense? I don't really have much else. Uh, yeah. I, as far as that offensive line goes, I think kind of around the same thing that we were like last season, nothing, you know, kind of slightly below average, nothing to write home about. Mm. I just, I, I, yeah, I, I don't see them week one with new guys at wide receiver with not much of a running game from last season. And now listen, it is, it's impossible to just go, well, here's what it was last season. Here's what it's going to be this season because they have a guy who's a head coach who's going, okay, here's how we have to change our offense this year. Of you course. Know, they're adjusting as well. So it, you know, we're only going off the information we have, but I just I don't see this being a team that averages 30 points a game this year. I don't yeah, see agree. this being a team and that puts up 30 points on Penn State. No, I, I don't at all. And that's the hardest part about a week one preview is we haven't seen them this year. We don't know what yeah. to expect. So last year is really all we have to go on. Um, 
I even the defensive side got. I will say I do think Aiden O'Connell is going to make some big throws. You know, oh, absolutely. We got we've got an aggressive looking defense coming out, not as much of a bend don't break as we've had in past years. There's going to be and and young players. So there's going to be some windows, and I think he will take advantage of a few of those. Yeah, it's gonna be that's gonna be one of those things that uh, hopefully we don't overreact to too early, where there's a big chunk play and we can just kind of settle in and and recover yeah. uh, and not let it kill us. Um, I agree though. I think that's a great point. Uh, you look at the defensive side of the ball for them. They have a couple of a couple of top guys returning. Edge uh, Kydron Jackson had five sacks, led the team. Uh, came on really towards the end of the year as a as a solid edge rusher. He led their team in sacks. Not a uh, the kid who got picked in the first round. Carlaftis? Yeah. Well, yeah, probably. Jesus, Pat. I uh, I looked it up <laughs> earlier. To, I looked it up <laughs> earlier today, and. Uh, I, I sorted by sacks and Karlaftis wasn't on there. Uh, Probably on there last season. No, I was looking at last season's statistics. All right. Team stand by. This is what we call live, live podcasting. We are on the ESPN website. We are. All right. Kydron Jenkins, five sacks. George Karlaftis, four and a half sacks. I was always right. Always right. Never doubt. Really? This guy got picked in the first round of the NFL draft. He had four sacks. I mean, to be fair, Jason Owe got picked and had zero sacks. So. Oh, no. That is a <laughs> it is about good traits. point. Good point alert. It's about traits, my guy. It's about traits. Um, but anyway, real quick snippets. Kydron Jackson comes back as the leader in uh, sacks. Safety Cam Allen comes back, led the team with four interceptions, but they do lose top tackler, uh, linebacker Jalen Alexander, 113 tackles. Uh, so they'll be replacing replacing some, some uh, pieces on the defense as well. I, I think there's a lot you could take in here, but I think we just we get to our segments here and we start breaking this thing down. What do you say, Pat? Yeah, I mean, I think the last year they were a front-to-back defense. They were strong up front. They were pretty good in the middle, and they were really, really bad in back. Agreed. So let's jump in. Like I said, we have three segments here before we get to our predictions. We have a what to watch for. Don't be surprised if, and a key to victory. Pat, start us off with your what to watch for. What My what to watch for is can Sean Clifford take advantage of this secondary? Uh they, they've got a couple of transfers coming in. I think Taylor Reese was a player from Indiana last year. So their secondary should be better than it was last season, but last season it was bad. Uh, and I don't think it's going to be a whole lot better this year. I'm sure it'll be a little bit better. I don't think it's going to be a lot better, and it should be bad enough that a good college football quarterback exposes them. And if Sean Clifford can do that, I think that's – so that's going to do a lot for this Penn State offense. Yeah, I like that. I think to Clifford, this is his this is his last hurrah. This is his ride off into the sunset. This is his final season. I think he's going to come out guns a blazing. Uh, I don't know what uh, what your stitch is going to have dialed up, what the scheme or what the the, play, the script is going to be rather. Um, but I think Clifford's going to want to come out and show like, yeah, I am that dude. Drew Aller got named QB number two. I get it. But I am ready to show you that I am that dude, and I think he's going to put up numbers. I really do. Yeah. By the way, I I think I have to issue a formal apology to uh, everyone on Twitter who I called basically fools for thinking that Drew Allen would see the field at all this season. So you be too, uh, baby. My bad, guys. <laughs> uh, and hey, if all goes well, 
and we're up big by the end of the third quarter, maybe we see him in the fourth quarter for a little yeah. action. Um, I like it. That's a good watch to what to watch for. Mine, we've kind of discussed it at length, so I won't I won't beat this to death. But it's it's Aiden O'Connell with all new wide receivers versus our experienced secondary. Um, I mentioned they're not a strong running team. They're going to want to throw the ball. How can our secondary shut him down early to take that away from him? Make him force throws that he doesn't want to make. Give the front seven extra time to get after him. I think like normally you talk about like oh front seven get the pressure so that like they can't get a rhythm going. I think even even if we're slow to start on that, I think we're going to get those coverage sacks because I think our secondary is just that good right now. So I'm really, really excited for that matchup of Aiden O'Connell against our secondary. I like that. All right. Don't be surprised if. What's a bold prediction you got for the listeners? Don't be surprised if Penn State puts up most of – Penn State puts up a lot more rushing yards in the second half than the first. I think it's going to take a little bit of time to get this mojo going with the running offense. Um, like I said, the secondary of Purdue is nothing to write home about. So we could be very pass happy in the first half. And I think you're going to see a lot of rotation with running backs in the first half until we settle into someone who kind of has the hot hand for the day. So I think once that happens, maybe you'll see some big chunk play, some big runs. But before that, you might see, you know, a little bit of what we were used to last season. Yeah, that's that's interesting because mine is also about the run game. So nice segue into it. Don't be surprised if Nick Singleton has the biggest run of the day. Um, like you just mentioned, there's going to be rotation. We've heard that Singleton and Katron Allen are both going to get touches. And this kid like we've said, is the true five-star with crazy burst electricity that we haven't seen probably maybe since Journey Brown. I don't want to discredit him, uh, but we haven't seen it recently. Uh, don't be surprised if this kid breaks one early uh, to show that he has arrived. He is that five-star guy and he's here to stay. I would like that. I would enjoy, I would enjoy <laughs> if that happened. It would be nice, right? Um, all right. Last category here, the key to victory. What is your key to victory? Key to victory is turnovers this week, man. Uh, Sean Clifford, don't turn the ball over. You know, that's when he's bad. That's what he does. Is he when he's bad? He's wild. He overthrows. His footwork is bad, and he throws the ball to the other team. Aiden O'Connell is a good quarterback, but he is also he throws the ball downfield. He'll he'll throw to the middle of the field. Those are those are places where you can make interceptions. This is a strength-on-strength matchup in a lot of ways this week. The best part of their team is their quarterback. The best part of our team is our defensive backs. Let's see who comes out on top. Yeah, yeah, I I love that. Boys are going to have to buzz to the ball. Um, You know, we lose Jaquan Brisker. You lose a couple other guys who are kind of stalwarts on that defense. Let's get some young life in there. Let's Let's see what the new faces can do. Yeah. Uh, my key to victory, uh, we kind of just talked about a little bit, but it is run the ball effectively and control the game. Um, I do think Sean Clifford is going to be airing it out and taking the most opportunity or the most of his opportunities. Uh, I think when he has his chances, he's going to make great throws, push the ball down the field. Um, but I also think this is a team that you can run all over. Uh, last year, you look at all four of their losses, high rushing totals, 120 yards, 125. Wisconsin took them for 290. Ohio State took them for 263. Uh, granted, in their big wins, there were kind of two different stories. When they beat Iowa, they held them to 76. 
So that matches up, you know, don't beat them on the ground and they have a chance. Uh, but Michigan State did go for 182 and then they still lost. So the, the statistics don't line up perfectly. They don't always do. Um, but I think I think if we run the ball effectively, control this game, move the chains, convert on third down, you know, keep keep control in our hands. I think this is an easy, easy win, way more than the three and a half points we're seeing. I like that. It's bold. I like it. Are we overconfident right now? We are we are really confident, but I just no, I, I'm pretty I, nervous. <laughs> I, I'm so confident. Like I said, I, I am like I want to take a mortgage out to place a bet on Penn State. Minus I've been three. confident like, for two years and has not paid off. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, one quick stat update as I scroll my notes. You mentioned turnovers. Uh, last year, Penn State finished at plus six turnover margin. Uh, Purdue is minus two. So we do have the upper hand there last year. Hopefully we see that continue. All right, let's wrap this up with a final prediction. Like we said, the spread right now is minus three, minus three and a half. It's bouncing around. I would guess it settles right at minus three on game day. Uh, the over under is 54. So Pat, what is your final prediction? Are we getting a Colicchio classic? Oh, we are, Christopher. You know where I'm going with this. It's going to be of course. Penn State 27, Purdue 20. I think, you know, a little early on in the season, a lot of new players, going to be a couple, you know, miscommunications, maybe hiccups on the offense, might take a little bit to get going. I, I think, you know, Penn State's going to put up some points, not a ton of points, 27-20. Okay, we're actually not that far off. Uh, for new listeners, if you've never listened to this uh, show before, first of all, welcome. Thank you for checking us out. Um, when we make our predictions, we have the Colicchio Classic. Pat typically takes Penn State and the under. And then That's you right, have the Hank and Hard line. Hank and Hard line is Penn State and the over. Uh, believe it or not, I am on the Colicchio Classic. Yes. I, I have Love it. it. it it's game one. 54 is a high total. Uh, it is. I, I, I expected it to be a little bit lower. I expected like 48, 48 and a half. Um, 54 is a high total for week one when people are still figuring things out, when offenses are, are kind of shaking the rust off. Um, I have it 31, 17. So we're not that far off. Okay, um, I, like I have us scoring a little bit more that them scoring a little bit less, but let's same ballpark. I think we're going to give up a couple of scores. It's got to happen, but I also think we're going to be able to put up points Fairly easily. I won't say at will, but I think, I think 31 is very realistic for us. Yeah. I, I so my, my bold prediction for this, and I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to come up too negative, but part of the reason I went 27 is I think we're going to have one missed field goal. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, Jake Pinnegar is the guy. We didn't really cover special teams in our, in our offensive and defense preview. I would assume Pinnegar is the guy, right? We haven't seen the depth chart. Yeah, but... Starting place kicker. And they're doing kind of, they're testing out to see who the, uh, kickoff guy is going to be i think it's sander sahayek is how you pronounce mm-hmm. it uh your guess is as good as mine <laughs> is going to get first run at it but i think it's kind of a uh, by committee right now until they figure it out yeah that kid has a massive leg sander well he's so. gigantic be, uh, is he he's six six and like 270 that's <laughs> a kicker and by the way, he slimmed down, apparently. He used to be like 300 pounds. Are you sure? I did not see this. Oh my god. Sanders, uh, hey, Dak. All right, I can't look it up right now. I'll take your word for it. But wow. Um, okay. Uh, anything else? On he's the guy I'm thinking of. Yeah, he's huge. I, I just, I don't know, man. That's pretty crazy. Um, what else on football? Uh, on football? What else on special teams do we need to uh, dis- discuss that we never have? Pinnaker, um, the kicker. 
Sander, the kickoff Devin guy. Ford getting some return. Yeah, we talked about how we don't know how he fits into the running back rotation. That might be the way he gets his touches as, as the return guy. Uh, Sander Sahedak is six foot 172. I don't know I'm who you are looking then. at. I'm thinking <laughs> of somebody else. <laughs> oh, are... no, here we go. Ga- Gabriel Inloso, the punter. 66276. Yes. Okay. Yes. 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 Big boy punter. I have seen him. Um, listen, Joey Julius is one of my favorite specialists of all time. Not of my favorite specialist, one of my favorite players of all time. Let's bring back big boy specialists. I like it. Yes. Love a big boy. Um, who is the punter? Is 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 Amor gonna get it since he just got the uh since he just got the scholarship? I do not know. Did you see that video of Eli Manning giving him the scholarship? No. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Eli Manning was on on uh, campus, uh, you know, did some work with the team, and then at the end had a whole speech about, uh, you know, in uh, in the NFL we got free agents. Down here in college, you got you got walk-ons. Where's where's my guy Barney? Barney O'More, come on up here. Uh, you're important to this team's walk-on. Pretty much better when you got a scholarship, though, right? And the whole team goes crazy. Fucking awesome. That's sick. Um, so I would assume he's the guy. Um, but we do have the, the young kid, uh, Alex Baquetta, Baquetta, I believe you pronounce his name. Um, he's a freshman. He's highly, highly, uh, touted. So it'll be interesting to see how they, how they put those guys out there. Uh, as but we a, are rambling uh, as a fellow CCH. I'm going Baquetta. Baquetta. Nice. Nice. Calicchio Baquetta. I get, I, I get, uh, but we are rambling at the end of an episode. We're excited to talk Penn State football. It is week one. You're listening to this. You're like a little over 24 hours away from kickoff. You're going to be at a bar, cold beer in your hand. Maybe you're at home. Maybe you got a nice drink with some buff chick dip. Who knows? Hopefully you're with friends watching this game, watching a big Penn State win. Pat, any last words? I've missed you guys so much. I'm so happy to be back. (laughs) Let's go, baby. Let's go. We are.